Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. We are live. I am going to say hi to everyone in the chat in just a moment. And I wanted to let you all know that RK, was gonna, he's going to be here in a few minutes. He uh, is in a work emergency, like a, a bunch of uh, crazy shit just happened related to his job. So he's having to deal with stuff from that. But when he's done with that, he'll be here in just a minute. So I'm just going to start everything off because I don't want to keep everyone waiting. Happy Thursday. Hope you all are having a good day. Today we are going to be talking about Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. And uh, that's going to be fun because he is explicitly a con artist and a criminal, which is is fun. I don't even have to say allegedly. He was uh, uh, he is a convicted felon. He spent uh, almost almost two years in prison, I think. Also, RK knows more about him. So when he comes in, we're going to delve into a little more of his history. And then uh, we're also going to react to some of his interviews and things like that. Um, but anyway, Jordan Belfort is the guy that the movie The Wolf of Wall Street was based on. And uh, it's just kind of weird how a lot of people really idolize him and act like, oh, he's so cool. He's so badass. He's like so amazing. And he's literally just a white collar criminal who exploited a ton of people. So it's just a little weird how people idolize that. But regardless, before we go into that, let's say hello to some people in the chat because we've got some people here already, which is wonderful. First of all, shout out to Cher, whose birthday is today. Cher says, today is my birthday, the big 56. I have a doctor appointment this morning. Hopefully I will be able to catch the end of the stream. So Cher is probably not here right now, but it is her birthday. So if Cher comes back in the chat, everyone make sure to wish her a happy birthday today. Um, happy birthday to Cher. We're so glad that you're here and spending your birthday with us. Good morning, Allie. Glad that you're here. Have a couple of people saying happy birthday to Cher. And then not only is it Cher's birthday, but it is Joe's wedding anniversary today. So it's just happy a birthday. Happy anniversary. Exactly. It is the birthday of Joe's marriage. It's just a, it's a fun day for celebrating everyone all around today. Joe says, today is Debbie's and mine 26th wedding anniversary, stuck at work and have an audit today, won't be able to listen till lunch. So both the people I'm congratulating right now are currently not here. However, I just wanted everyone to know, when when uh, Joe and Cher come back into the chat, everyone give them a congratulations. Everyone wish them happy birthday and happy anniversary. Um, hope y'all are having a great day. Um, let's see. So uh, Ali's going to bring up some interesting points about Jordan Belfort saying, I hate it because I read the book and I did find him charming and interesting. It's his writing and personality. That's that's fascinating. I definitely want to talk about why people are so such fans of such a like a straight up criminal. And well, you don't Loki steal. A, you don't steal a shit ton of money unless you're charming or really that's fast. True. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the best scammers in the world are very charming and kind people because why else would you trust them? I mean, I still say I'll I'll get I mean, no, I wouldn't. But I no, I don't even know. I can't even say it. I was going to I was going to make a joke saying I'd get scammed by by uh, I I would let Grant Cardone talk me out of my money, but I wouldn't. I just like I just he, I like him for his meme. Yeah. Be, I mean, be, I being a let, meme is not being charming. I would have let Adam Newman recruit me into a WeWork cult. Yeah. Instantly. I would have but sought it out. He's very charming. Or what? It's not even just him. It's just his idea is so appealing to me. But yeah, I would have. I absolutely. He, he, you know, got tons of investors to put their money in his company. Same thing. Um, but yes, good morning, Bald Book Geek. Glad you're here. And good morning, M.M. Ward. Glad you guys made it today. So um, 
let's talk a little bit. So I, I found this clip from Jordan Belfort on Logan Paul's podcast, which I feel like is a crossover no one needed, but we're going to have it anyway. I needed it. Okay. RK needed it. So he needs it. So we're going to put that up there. I need it. You need it. You're like uh, SpongeBob with the water. He's, I need it. I need it. I need it. And I kind of want to look at the Jordan Belfort versus Grant Cardone beef because it's always fun when two people you hate beef with each other, especially because out of Jordan Belfort and Grant Cardone, I definitely like Grant Cardone better. I was there actually beef though, or was that just like I think they just argued awkward on yeah on one podcast. Like did didn't the, didn't it sort of end after the podcast ended? Um, I think they then continued to shit talk each other in other interviews. There's an interview where Grant Cardone, it's the title is Grant Cardone calls Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, a broke rat. Sounds like something Grant Cardone always goes for. He just calls people broke whenever. They, I mean, it works. Uh, that's his go-to insult. He's like, I've got more money than you. That's his insult. So who knows if it's true or not? I don't know, but that's his, that's his go-to insult. Um, I definitely do want to watch pieces of the Grant Cardone versus Jordan Belfort podcast episode because uh, it is pretty hilarious. But pieces, pieces. Uh, good morning, Kat Benson. Good morning, Amanda. Glad you guys have made it. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the Logan Paul podcast talking about Jordan Belfort, and everyone in the comments is like. Oh, these guys in the how could they act like they could ever be as metal as Jordan Belfort? Like, why do people still like him? Like, I get why people liked him. Yes, he has to be charming to scam that many people. Why do you still like him? Oh, I mean, so we talked about this before. There is this sort of mentality online specifically. I don't know if people would like actually like him in real life, but there's this mentality online of people really like criminals. People really like the more selfish you are and the more successful you are at being selfish really resonates with people. I'd actually, I'd argue Americans really resonates with Americans. Do you think it's because it makes people feel like maybe they could, they could get away with being super selfish because this person found tons of success with it. You think it plays to people's like desires to not care about other people. I think it maybe plays <laughs> to the American cowboy desires. Um, I, I mean, it's a pretty Western feeling to, I, I know that Westerns have heroes too, but come on, like the, the people that are supporting them definitely watch Westerns and cheered for the black hat. Um, so, I mean, I sort of see him, I sort of see personalities like Jordan Belfort being the 1980s versions of the train robbers going on there and holding everyone up being charming, stealing everyone's diamonds, jumping off the train on their on their horses. Yeah, I think so. Um, M.M. Ward's saying it's the same reason people will write love letters to serial killers. To an extent, I think that's probably true, but I think even though there is a group of people who write love letters to serial killers and there are some really weird, like, criminal fandoms out there, those do seem to be considered more alternative groups, whereas Jordan Belfort seems to still be universally liked. Trending. And I'm wondering, is it because Leonardo DiCaprio played him in a movie? That is helps. That, is that what it is? I mean, yeah. that, he he sort of glorified it. I can't. It's not just that Leonardo DiCaprio played him in a movie because Zac Efron played Ted Bundy in a movie. 
That's true. Um, but is it because yeah, the movie itself did like showed him even if they showed him as kind of an unlikable guy, he was still kind of the protagonist. At his worst, he was still doing drugs and fucking Margot Robbie. Yeah, it, which is like that's not a bad way to live, dude. Yeah, so that's why I think that's. I mean, I think I actually people, haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street yet. It was definitely the ends justify the means. I mean, people saw this incredibly lavish, unimaginable amount of wealth, and when you get to that level of wealth, I think people stop caring about how you get it. They're like, there is a level of wealth that I feel like people are just like, eh, fuck it, I don't care how many people I hurt to get this much wealth, it was worth it. It sort of goes back into that old um, philosophical question of what people would sell their souls for. Um, and I know, I know most would like to think that they wouldn't, but I think the fact that so many people aspire to be such successful criminals or idolize successful criminals tells me that there is absolutely a price they would sell their souls for. Um, Ali says that Cinnamon Toast Ken is doing reactions to a show called Love After Lockup. It's about people who are dating people in prison. Then what happens when they get out? That's fascinating. Yeah. And I think Amanda brings up a good point, too. I think with any real person who has a movie made about them, a certain weird fandom will arise in favor of them, regardless if they're good or bad or whatever. I think that's probably true as well. Um, but we acknowledge that they have fandoms. But then we also acknowledge that his fandom has entered a bit more of the main street. I mean... Yeah, not Main Street, mainstream. Um, I'm, I'm struggling this morning, y'all. Sorry, I'm distracted. Okay. But um, like you can post a Wolf of Wall Street. You can post a financial freedom quote on Instagram with a screen grab of Wolf of Wall Street and you'll have all of the entrepreneur crowd liking it and saying, yeah, hustle, grind. Like like the, the, they've completely conflated the two of, of they, they see what he did as hustle and grind, not not stealing crime. yeah not, yes. not hustle and crime so just as some background right i'm just going to briefly read the wikipedia jordan belford is an author motivational speaker former stockbroker and convicted felon in 1999 he pled guilty to fraud and related crimes in connection with stock market manipulation and running a boiler room as part of a penny stock scam then he spent 22 months in prison, which is always wild that people who do these huge crimes like stock market manipulation, they spend like two years in prison. Then you get like regular ass people who are not rich. When you get the not rich people, your crime is you you sold someone some weed before it was legal and you're spending years in prison. Like it's wild how like how that kind of shit happens. It's it's guys, this this is just I could go on a rant all day about how. The consequences don't apply to rich people. Especially when you think of how many people, I mean, it's not a physical crime in that he didn't physically assault someone, but you can make a case for physical harm after the fact. I mean, I don't know the numbers of people who hurt themselves because of him, but I know the numbers of people who hurt themselves annually due to job loss are fucking high. I forgot the exact number, but I know like every 1% uh every 1% unemployment goes up, it is correlated to a suicide rate. Yeah. So it's like how much of that is even, yeah, you could connect that. And I'm not saying that that would be any grounds, like on a legal perspective, wouldn't be grounds for um, how much time to spend in prison. However, it is just like a, another reason to hate him. As Eva brings up a good point, something that's classy if you're rich, but trashy if you're poor is prison. Yep. Yeah. Well, when you have to play tennis. <laughs> 
rich people go to prison and they get out quickly and they just people just see it as like a wow look at how you know passionate they were about their work that they risked prison for it versus when poor people go to prison it's like wow you're a criminal yeah people don't judge everyone equally definitely not i mean white collar prisons it's not like either of us can speak from experience but white collar prisons don't exactly seem too horrible either. I mean, these are places where Firefest guy is. Uh, Tommy mm -hmm. Chong went. Um, obviously, Jordan Belfort went. Like these, these are places that have the tennis courts in the prison yard. Oh, dude, maybe tomorrow we need to uh, look at the Firefest guy because he's fascinating. Absolutely. I think he's currently in prison, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But I forgot who his bunkmate was. Someone did an interview and they they said like he had a pretty famous bunkmate um and i'm totally blanking on what it was and it's just like how it like they were laughing about how prison turned into a networking opportunity for him because it's it's funny when you think about like oh a, a minimum security prison you're gonna be in there with white collar criminals it's like oh i can network with you and hear about business yeah yeah dude it's, like, it's not even really a punishment at that point time out yeah, and it's almost like you you almost like can't take away you you want there to be prison for white collar crime because if you find someone who's super rich that's not even going to register as like a real consequence. So it's like, ugh. Ah. It's so frustrating. Page the puppet is on it saying society celebrates a lot of people who do bad things. Page you are wise beyond your puppet years. But it is interesting to think that um Jordan Belfort I wonder if, I, I, I like there there are many variables that go into this, but you take a look at a guy like Jordan Belfort, you take a look at a guy like Bernie Madoff. Mm -hmm. One of them, their life turned to a complete hell, um, rightfully so. I think one of I think one of Bernie's kids killed themselves. Um, oh, that's terrible. What, that's not rightfully so. That's not the the kids shouldn't have to suffer. No, I didn't mean he was rightfully so. I was. Saying. Oh, you mean it was right, it, but it was you were glad that Bernie Madoff never recovered. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like I'm glad. I'm just saying, like, it, it's I don't feel sympathy for him. Like, sure. I, he recently passed away um, in prison. But, I mean, this is a guy that got locked up for life. Uh, he ran a – I mean, he, he, he wasn't even, like, doing – it was different crimes, too. He wasn't investing at all. Jordan was investing, and he was capitalizing on the 50% commissions of pink sheets, whereas um, Bernie Madoff was just running a Ponzi scheme. He wasn't actually – he wasn't actually – making any trades. He was just holding the money, telling everyone that he was getting, I forgot what his annual returns were. And then if people ever wanted money out, he would just dip into this large pool of sitting cash and say, here, look at all the great returns I gave you. So he was constantly, so he, he could, there was no fucking way out of it for him, except for getting more money and, and continuing to grow. And eventually it would have collapsed. Um, so they were different crimes, but they were still in the same realm of financial crimes. And it's just interesting how one is undoubtedly a villain and the other one is kind of an anti-hero to some yeah that's just wild how people view them differently i'm wondering why that is is it because bernie madoff is old well not i mean because he was old I mean, jordan belfort's not ugly i think that could help i mean i i find him pretty not attractive but then again that's just a personal preference as opposed but to you can look at him and is. see he's in shape he's not wrinkly as fuck like yeah, I mean, he's, how old is he, 58? So, he's 58, yeah. I mean, that's not, he's not, like, elderly yet. So, I guess there's probably some people who would still find him attractive. 
And I mean, young guys, they were thinking like, man, he had, he got all the sex he wanted. He had all the drugs he wanted with no, with like no consequences for how long. Um, I mean, they almost saw it as it's inevitable he's going to get caught, but look how long he got away with it. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think he looks good for 58. Well, yeah, let me, let's, I'm going to pull up this uh, podcast. But it just fucking sucks. I mean, like. I'm sorry. Are we supposed to say that prison taught him a lesson? It look he looks the, like he's doing the exact same shit. It's just he's not breaking yeah. the law. Like he's living, he's still living his best life, dude. It had no impact on him. Which I'm not saying people should leave prison and continue to suffer, but it's just like he gets to continue playing into this role that he that that uh, Leo made him famous for. I, I will say that I think. Probably the biggest difference between him and Bernie Madoff is Leonardo DiCaprio played him and yes, Rob, I think and that Rob made a huge in his movie, and Robert De Niro played Bernie Madoff in his movie. <laughs> I think that's the biggest difference. Yeah, I, I just want to be clear that yeah, I think after people get out of prison, they should absolutely have, like, regardless of the crime, you should you should have a chance to to become a better person because I think in 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 every individual's life, we should always strive for improvement. So I'm not here to say after he gets out of prison, he should be suffering because I wouldn't say that for anyone. But at the same time, it just really doesn't seem like he had any true consequence for all the people that he screwed over. I would argue he's in a better position now. I would, yeah. I would argue that prison has that, that, but because of that movie, um, when he got out of prison, he was able to capitalize it and, and make, I don't know if he's making more money now, but he gets to live a fantastic life. And like it, it has enhanced him. It, it gave him fame. Because uh, I don't think he was this level of fame. He's obviously more famous now, um, and fame can be turned into money. You, you could absolutely liquidate fame. Um, it's just such a weird situation, and that's why I went back to the. That's why I went back to the westerns and the cowboys because I think that's sort of where it is. It's like he's an outlaw. He's taking money. He doesn't care how many people he hurts, um, and people still are attracted to him for that. I gotta take. Okay, so I'm going to put on this podcast we could react to while RK is on the phone. I completely agree with Eva here. It would be nice if our system focused on focused reform and released better people than we put in. Completely agree. See, dude, P Paige, is, Paige the puppet is on it today. Mama's ex-brother-in-law says jail is the perfect place to become a better criminal. Yep, yep. Here we go. Let me know if you guys can't hear the audio. I think I shared the audio. Question. Well, you know... Oh, I can't tell the story. Yeah, he can. Oh shit! His, oh. Son, his son's telling him to tell the story. You got a story? Well, he's got the worst story ever. Life. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. It's I mean, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. You're on the number one. I don't podcast know if you guys are. How, how old are you guys now? I'm fucking. <laughs> you have to be over thirty. I think. I am, Thirty-four. <laughs> we got one. Right. So I, I'll, I'll tell you the sort of a bridge. Where you tell me how raunchy you want this. To I go. want oh, it. We want it. Full fucking. Yeah, see, I think maybe this is part of it, like his mannerisms, the way, like, he's he's very um, personable and friendly, it seems. He's very excited to talk to people. I'm wondering how much it's just, like, that straight-up charisma that is keeping people invested in him. And I'm wondering how, this is just, this is just so interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jess, I completely agree. Um, yeah, it's just... I'm wondering if that's part of it is just like a straight up charisma. But then again, like I see people on Twitter and YouTube getting canceled and struggling to come back in their career harder than he has. And sometimes those people are equally 
kind and charismatic or not kind because uh, like not they're not none of these people are, are acting selflessly but uh, these people are like equally charismatic or equally friendly equally good at presenting their image but why is it him dude is it because of how like it was a a money-related crime and, and his audience in the first place with people who seem to have some kind of penchant for exploitation in the first place. I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinating. Let me, let me, let me give you, let me give you a quick DC violations here. I think. Let me no. give you a quick preface, Jordan. Yeah. That mic was once down Riley Reed's throat. We had a porn star talking about blowing her Uber driver. Right. But we have talked about prepping for anal on this, this show. Is, Riley, Riley you're Reed. quoting one episode. We had, we, had, <laughs> no, we had porn stars at this event, by the way, and they froze in horror. Just so you know. Wow. The porn stars. They said, I, bro, hey, buckle up, yo. A, a blue chip hooker for eight years. Right? We used to classify hookers like stocks. So the best ones were blue chip. I guess I never listened to him talk before, dude. This guy is so New York, it hurts. I mean, I guess I did listen to him talk on the podcast where he and Grant Cardone were arguing. But I never heard just like how New York he is. Like there, there's so much New York in that voice, dude. Right, then we had the Nasdaq and the pink. The blue because I've been doing this for 10 years. I've never seen anything as disgusting as that. I, all right, I'm all right, ready. Go ahead, roll it out. I'm no, ready for this out. shit. So <laughs> story, <laughs> story goes, right? So I, you know, getting married, big deal, right? Rent a private jet, fly a hundred strat nights out there, right? And Actually, some came, some came sailing. We took a bunch of hookers with us, right? Like probably 40, 50 from, the, from New York. But then we got others from around California, from Vegas, right? We had. I realized I should probably um, put this on one and a half speed if I don't want to get copyright claimed. Is he going to be too fast? Yeah, New York police officers, right? So it's like 100 stratonized, 100 hookers, right? Not 50, yeah, he's still, you can still understand them. He's fine in Vegas and get them all shapes and sizes from the bluest of the blue chips to the most disgusting pink sheet streetwalkers like <laughs> OTC, face of a sheep dog, shoulders of an alpha linebacker, right? You know, just like those oh rancid God. shit you've seen, right? You know, but we were equal opportunity employers, right? We don't want to be prejudiced, right? You know, I'm a nice guy, right? Anyway, so now the bachelor's was the Mirage Hotel back then, which was all the rage. That was it, the Mirage was yeah, the yeah, yeah. ever, right? So we had the whole back part of this one floor of the Mirage, right? So my friend and I, who's, who's, I'm going to leave his name out because I'll just say that, I'll give him that much respect here, right? So, so, so where he was a huge gambler and a really major league CEO of a huge company in the bombing center, this guy, total wild man, right? And, but he was like out of his mind. I mean, this guy was like, this guy would do so much coke. Okay, I think I partially get where the appeal's coming from now that I'm watching this because when I, um, he acts like he is a 60 year old frat boy. And I think it's appealing to people's desire for youth because we all have nostalgia for the past because we, when we look into the future, the future is where death is. And I think we all have a fear of mortality. Maybe I'm thinking way too hard into this, but this is what this is what is is making the connection in my head because I when I was, you know, acting, I, I acted a lot like that. I mean, I didn't I never manipulate the stock market or scam tons of people. But I mean, the way he's acting right now, the obnoxious mannerisms he has, the way he's bragging about like these wild adventures he had with, you know, drugs and sex and everything. That was how I acted and, and told stories in college and things like that, because I would just get like so excited about like, let me entertain you guys with all this really weird shit I did. And I'm, you know, just having no end of my comfort zone and the entertaining people at all costs was like, was, was that. So now I still see the appeal of that. And there are times that I wish it were still socially acceptable for me to behave that way. And I think it's because I miss, being young i miss being young when you could get away with acting like that this guy seems to be able to get away with it no matter what age he is and i think that's appealing to people's desire not to age 
is that like did I take it way too far like is that way too much of a reach but that's what's appealing to me like I that's what I think it is for me it was like almost like David Copperfield doing coke. Like he carried around like a little billet of coke, right? And with a collar state, right? And he could do it. He'd be five DA. He'd be like, this. He'd be like did he fucking just like a magician? A magician. He's a fucking magician. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, what did he just do? It's like, sleight of hand. That's how good this guy was, yeah, right? Damn. He totally like corrupted me. I'm very easily corrupted, by the way. Yeah. Right? I come down. down. <laughs> I'm like the parents. No, people my parents warn me about, right? But anyway, so he was just a complete fucking wild man, right? So we're downstairs. He's a massive gambler. We're playing blackjacks. He's playing five hands at once. I'm playing two hands. $10,000 a hand. So he's up like $2 million. I'm up like $750,000. Yeah. We're fucking high as kites. I'm like playing 15 ludes at this point for the day. At least seven, eight grams of blow. And just going, oh, it's like, nah, this is complete insanity. Xanax, clonopin, because it sounds good. Morphe, everything in my system. Once. It was all perfectly balanced. So I was like, feels Yeah, I don't like how he's glorifying doing tons of drugs together right now because that doesn't, that's not safe. Uh, he like he makes it sound very cool. Like, oh look, I did all of these different drugs at once. It was it was wild, guys. Like, no, 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 don't do, don't do that. Don't do that. This is very unhealthy. So like, wow, that's like so. Oh, that awesome. He had the perfect. He had the no, setup. Perfect balance. I was balanced, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So finally, did like, you just say that? Like, where is the balance? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a perfect state of toxic boys, right? Quickly, yeah, what, yeah, quickly, yeah, what yeah, it means yeah, is it wasn't yeah, in either direction yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, balanced, uh, balance, uh, fall down, like stimulant anxiety. Exactly. I'm not a rubber band. I got it. Exactly. Perfectly balanced, right? Exactly. At some point, at some point, you get so fucked. At some point, you get so fucked up. Anyway, you know the magic mushrooms, right? Anyway, so here we go. So anyway, so we're downstairs, right? We're gambling, like man. I'm up like 700 grains of two million, right? And after a couple hours, like let's go upstairs to the bachelor party, right? So I grab my, I cash out. It's like a million two in a bag, right? I had like my half million plus 701, right? He leaves his chips there on the table. I just leave it. That's what's like your huge gambler. So we go upstairs and as we get to the floor, you know, 20, I think it was 23rd floor maybe, and we turn the corner. It's like the fucking matrix. It's like the, it's like the dark energy. I mean, it was like the room was pulsating. It was really weird energy, right? Two cops guarding the, the batch of doors. We walk towards the doors. The cops say, Mr. B, you do not want to go in there. It's so it's you really do. I said, we must go in there. We must. It's not beyond our control. So we open up the door and Wait, there is so a bachelor party. <laughs> this dude is telling this story about how he's in a whole place full of tons of drugs that are legal in no U.S. states, gambling all this money, where all of these, I mean, I'm assuming this is a state where prostitution is legal, but I'm just saying he just runs into the cops and they're just like, oh, hey, Mr. Belfort, like that, that's not privilege, dude, what the fuck, like you've got, you've got the, you meet a cop and they like look up to you knowing you are a criminal while you are actively breaking laws in front of them what the fuck kind of like oh my god i i feel like how can you not hate this guy how can you not hate him he's disgusting mm ward says i see him as untrustworthy and my first thought is what snake oil is he selling i would be hesitant to buy a car from him he's so me 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 and energy yeah oh he seems very self-centered incredibly and it's like the most, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah on the 23rd floor of Mirage. It's completely out of fucking control. Now, just so you know, I wrote about this in my book, the first book, right? And I it's described that exact scene, which came on the heels of all the other insanity I was doing, right? And the interesting thing was I already about 150 pages in the book, and I was talking about crazy shit. I mean, candles up my ass. I was like, no, that's no big deal, right? All this crazy shit, midget tossing that. Oh, and this was a female editor, Danielle Perez Ranch, and she was awesome. She's like, oh my God, this is like, really? I'm like, okay. She's like, this is awesome. People love it. She's like, oh my God. And they, oh, great, great, great. I'm like, wow. I'm like, so I'm just going to go for it. So I got to this part with the bachelor part. I'm like, I'll just fucking go for it, right? So I then write out like 12 pages describing every seedy, disgusting detail down to its most minute elegance, right? Where it's like, I mean, like literally, you can see the cum dripping off people. Is that that much? I, right? Anyway, and I send the pages to random house 
And I get that comment. I don't think other human beings will understand. So <laughs> I know a few will understand. Oh, oh my God. These guys, you're talking to two, the two the people that that yeah, book yeah, was yeah, meant. Yeah, well, yeah, let's, yeah. Well, let's see. Let's Can see, we get the unredacted version? Anyway, if they find this disgusting, you got a serious oh, problem. Oh, you got a real problem on your no, hands. No, this is, this is, anyway. I'm, I'm this is like, this is like a space-time continuum tear. Like paired space the fabric of time and space. There was music that just stopped. There was like people frozen. It was like, you know, like fucking X-Men shit. Like it was like frozen in place, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's, I'm, it's on a one and a half time speed because I didn't want to get copyright claimed. This is not his talking speed. His talking speed is kind of fast, but it's uh, not quite this fast. I just wanted to play a lot of it without uh, a copyright claim coming our way, so I, I played it faster. So anyway, so like this guy and I walk in together, right? And there it is. The first thing we see is the bathroom door open. This little hooker, blue chip walks like 19, 20 years old. She's limping out, crying. And this guy follows her out. This guy, his nickname was the biggest dick on wall. She had a 12-inch cock beside the family suit right? She's crying. So everyone gives her $500. So she's like, thank you. And she limps away, right? Okay, he's like, I had to do it. It must happen, right? Then it's like a dog poised on all fours with fucking getting blowjob. Nitrous oxide. Sorry, 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 sorry. Can you say what you yeah, just yeah, said yeah, yeah. one more time dude, dude, just, just the, the way, way you said, said it. it? Dude, this is just, by the way, by the way, this is nothing. That's Rookiesville here, okay? Anyway, there's cocaine out on plates, you know, dishes of quaaludes. Everyone's fucking out in the open. Like, it's just complete fucking mayhem. Like, orgy out in the and, and the cops were just like, cool, have fun, Jordan Belfort. What the, what? What kind of story is this? Like, I'm I'm not here to say that I'm like, oh, this is so morally corrupt and disgusting. I'm here to say that, like, he is one of the only people who could get away with this. Most people would face consequences that he hasn't faced. He has, like, specifically is able to get away with things because of his wealth and status. And that that's what I think is disgusting. I don't think people having an orgy in, in, a, in a room is disgusting. I don't, think, I don't think that's disgusting. If people want to do whatever drugs they want and put whatever they want in their own body, I don't think that's disgusting. What I think is disgusting is that there were, there were cops who were okay with him doing this when other people would have faced actual consequences or had their lives ruined for acting this way. But because he is wealthy and powerful, which is, he got that way by exploiting other people in the first place, he just can continue to get away with this shit. That's what I think is disgusting, dude. That's the most disgusting part of the story to me. In the open, right? Like, you know, nitrous oxide, everyone's fucking doing whippets on a fucking tank. It's a complete fucking insanity. And behind us is the glass, you know, view of Vegas. Just, just a scene like you couldn't imagine, right? Like out of the movies, right? So anyway, um, and by the way, here's the sick part. I didn't think it was weird. Like, you just walked in, you were like, normal night Vegas, right? This guy Wigwam was his nickname, right? Called him in the movie. He was rug rappers. We called him Wigwam because he had right. the worst toupee to the side of the Iron Curtain, right? Like yeah. a fucking dead squirrel on his head. So Wigwam was fucking coked out of his mind, right? He's like, he comes up, goes, doo, doo, doo. I'm like, what? He's like, my friend spoke, understood loose. I should say name. Understood loose speak, right? He goes, oh, he said, check this out. He's like, doo, doo. He brings us to the back. We walk through a series of fucking naked bodies of hookers and insanity. Get to the back, and there at the back of the room, I see the single most disgusting thing ever going on. It's a whole like this. It's like, by the way, thank God this was a meet before me too generation, right? I don't, I don't condone this. All you meet people, I swear to God. Thank, thank it's like, oh, I don't condone this. Oh, he definitely condones this, dude. You can tell from how excited he is telling the story. He's like, I don't condone this. Don't can't. Why is Jordan Belfort worried about being canceled right now? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, the review team will love that. Yeah. That'll right. take care of everything you said. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, so, okay. Make a long story short. Make a short story long, right? Um, there's a girl on a stool, pink sheet hooker, truly with the face of a sheep dog, missing teeth, all fucking thing. And it's like 20, it's just really bad. It's like 20 guys lined up, you know, to bang her and they're all banging her without condoms. All right. So they're lined up, one guy's banging her. And of course you have to look to see, like, why not, right? So you're like, oh, what the hell? That is, uh, that is, I'm, I'm just not going to monetize this stream. First of all, the way he talks about women is disgusting. I don't care if they're sex workers. Sex work is a legitimate career. He's the way he talks about women is really, really disgusting. That's what's gross to me here, too. It's not he's acting like the disgusting thing in this story is the sex that was happening and the 
the way that the, he's just basically act like he's basically like aren't poor people gross aren't sex workers gross but also i'm going to exploit them like the people who make it like this is what's this is what's nasty this is what's nasty dude well, sorry. I mean, look, and, like, that pulls out as it came and it's like the grossest most disgusting pussy in the world it's like this is like the ultimate vile pussy like 15 people in there and they're still going on right? <laughs> anyway Boy, my wife's gonna maybe tell me this. I don't deep shit right now. She's not here. Right? How could you do that? <laughs> no, she's a different for me. No. Anyway, here go my corporate sponsors, right? <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, we don't have to. I'm gonna stop my own podcast. I'm these stories, right? This is for my young generation, right? Don't do this at home, kids. It's not good. Don't right? do it anywhere, bro. Yeah, right? okay. Anyway, never. Yeah. Anyway, so no. So <laughs> he's saying it's gonna get worse. Oh. I also find it fascinating when men will say things like, "This was before the Me Too generation," and then go on to say like one of the most explicitly awful things that was never okay to say in the first place. Like, it, like, dude, this is, it's not a recent development that it is rude to objectify someone in that way. Like, like, I'm not going to even repeat how he just described this person, but I don't think there's any point in history when that was polite. Like, even when women couldn't vote, that was not a polite thing to do. Like, what? <laughs> I don't understand people who are like, oh, you know, this was before everyone was canceling everyone. This was before, like, no, that has nothing to do with it. You're just an asshole. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so my, my friend sitting next to me, and it's like this just disgusting scene. The music is playing, blasting. What music, by the way? Just like the family stone, everyday people's fucking blasting. Everyday people. Right, right, right. Fucking girls are dancing this way and that way, boobs are fucking out swinging. My friend sees, takes a look, and it's just like this just disgusting, rancid, you know, pussy out. And it's like dripping with stuff. And the girl's like with a cowboy hat on. She's like, yeah, she, she was getting money from it, right? And he reaches over to like, sees a Dom Perignon bottle. He goes, all right? Wait. And he goes, go, 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 and drinks it out in front of 150 people. He bent down and drunk oh, it out. Fuck. Point in time. Okay, literally everything in the room stopped. So I it's like, I'm using, it's like, like I'm so pressed the pause button, all right? And it, it seriously like, tore the fabric of space. And then after we did a gargle and a formal bow and everyone clapped and cheered, right? And, you know, just so you know, you know, and this is a message to everyone real serious. Like, obviously, this is, you know, 30, what is it, like 30 something years ago, right? Um, but, you know, you, you don't get there, you get there like one little step at a time. Yes. Like, we didn't think it was that, you know, yeah, it was nutty, but it was like, here's what happened. We were in this situation where everyone was young, everyone was making massive money. It was about how low can you go? What was the next low? Because like if something happened, right, then you're okay, well, fair enough. What can you do worse? Like, what can you do that's more extreme? After a while, you're basically running out of things to do. So you're inventing insanity. So it's like there's like these insane acts which you had to outdo the one before. So, it's, so, it's almost like you start edging on this like pagan ritualistic, like it's like it's like wrong. It's more like it's more like it's more like you know, when you're running an organization that large, it becomes its own self-contained society. It does there's you know, births, deaths, marriages, affairs, is love, you know, it's hate, it's every emotion, every relationship going on within this organization, right? Thousands of young kids all making millions of bucks, right? So hello, mom. Uh, who, who mom, yeah, this is uh this is this is a lot. Um I just think that everyone in the in the chat who's basically like, "Man, Jordan Belfort is so badass. How are these hosts not as badass as it?" Like, I just I'm just like um okay i'm not i'm not Paige. i am done playing that okay because apparently Paige says that made mama puke wait actually i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i did not mean to be that disgusting on the show i'm so sorry um i will not play anything like that anymore i was gonna play his debate with grant cardone next which is um all related to sales has nothing to do with that i just wanted to hear what that most disgusting story was i probably should have listened to that before i uh put it on but you know what this show is chaotic. Anything can happen. We're just like Logan Paul's podcast. Anything can happen onto this show. We are done. We are done with that part, dude. We are done with that part. Oh my God. That was, um, 
I'm not. Uh, that's the thing, dude. I think what's gross is the way he avoids accountability. I think the way the, the thing that's gross. Is, are you are you back from your call? I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry about that. That was a. Uh, you missed some wild shit. We played the Logan. You Paul missed talk. some wild shit. I mean, I'm sure I did. I missed whatever's going on with the stocks you were talking about. Now you work in finance and stocks. Yeah. Have you ever gone to a, a Vegas party with many? sex workers and been one of 50 guys lined up to bang her no have you ever done multiple hard drugs at once while gambling a million dollars no i have never done anything harder than weed because well, stocks are well i don't know why anyone would want to do a stimulant while trading it'll give them a heart attack you need something that reduces the anxiety well that's not what jordan belfort thinks dude he just told a story which, he also uh, wasn't good at his job he def if you're in finance you don't define how good you are at how wealthy you make yourself you define how good you are at how wealthy you make your clients see that's the wisdom we need in this world dude that's the wisdom we need in this world yeah I mean, that's why, like, he's people look at him as being successful. He's not successful. He stole. That's not success. That's that's accumulating wealth is not success. I guess I guess that is a demonstration of how you can define success for different perspectives. But success in business is not how wealthy you make yourself. It's it's the success of the product. It's the success of the people who use it. Uh, I always like that Mark Cuban uh, brags about. He he doesn't like to brag about how much money he has. He likes to brag about how many millionaires he's made. I think that's yeah. a much better approach. It is a much better approach. This, uh, my, my speculation while watching this, which it's probably good you missed it. I think Patricia actually threw up from the story that uh, Jordan Belfort told to uh, Logan Paul. Um, but I'm wondering if he's appealing to people's desire to stay young forever by the way that he talks about these things. He could be. That's what. It, that's the only thing about it that appeals to me. When I've heard all of that, I'm like, I get how like this reminds me of how I acted seven, eight, nine years ago. Not to that extent, obviously. Everyone who just heard that story never did anything like that, obviously. But um, just like the the excitement at which you're telling a really disgusting and really shocking story to other people and wanting to shock them and wanting for people to be like, oh my god. It's so crazy, all these things that you do. Like, I feel like that's a very youthful desire. And it's it's something that I, I feel like I still wish to have as I get older. But you can't stop the time of getting older and as we near our death. I mean, so he likes he likes money fast. He likes drugs and he likes sex. And I guess what he's trying to show people is that you can still make money and do that. I mean, yeah, it's the rock. It's the rock star. Yeah, exactly. Lifestyle. It's the rock star lifestyle thing that's appealing to people. And I think with if you are, or if you've got that rock star lifestyle, or if you're super rich, that's kind of the only way that you're going to get to be allowed to continue to live that lifestyle and have someone consider it socially acceptable when you're nearing middle age and things like that. Otherwise, people are going to be like, "Wow, you're a loser." But if you're wealthy enough and successful enough. And you can continue to live that lifestyle and people won't. And people are like, you're so fucking charming. And I you're know. so fucking rad. Oh, apparently Queen of Spades sent fan art. Where'd you send it? Um, is it is it on RK's Instagram or something? Yeah, I don't uh, I'll check. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Um 
So anyway, Jordan Belfort is a, a nasty guy, but let's see what he and Grant Cardone have to say. So you basically, I what I've learned from you is that working in finance is not as fun as Jordan Belfort makes it sound. It's a blast. I love it. You want to know what I do all day? I read reports and I see where market demand is. And I see, I assume where market interest lies. Um, that's about it. It's looking at the macros and the economy and wondering which sectors it's going to affect, which sectors it's going to affect positively, which sectors it's going to affect negatively. And then looking into those sectors and seeing which companies are best prepared for the upcoming uh, information. I mean, all it really is, is just, I, I like to say, and cause I think uh, I had a professor in grad school say it like this. He said, economics is watching the world's best soap opera. Cause you just, you just read the news every day. And you you see all the new conflicts in the world and how they're going to impact it, and then you're in the game. Uh, so that's that's sort of how I see it now well, too. You don't you don't get tons of women from it though. I mean, I've been with Aaron, so I. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Belfort's married too, but he also gets tons of women on the side from being in finance. You don't have like twenty side chicks. Well, I also like do my job in a t-shirt and athletic shorts. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, your, your job sounds kind of like the opposite of Jordan Belfort's job, even though theoretically it's the same industry. Dude, down to the drugs we do. Like, he liked coke and I like weed. Like, everything yeah. about us is just the opposites. Do opposite drugs. You I mean, he like in opposite ways. Um, um, but, but no, like, for example, today, I mean, I was looking at CPI numbers, unemployment numbers, how many people are still collecting, uh, um, what, what the, where the claim, or unemployment claims shit like that and then figuring out how it plays out um obviously we're dealing with inflation and people are scared of runaway inflation at this point in time it, and it's a genuine fear like that's what you're dealing with um and so it's it's essentially working with clients to mitigate their risk and find buying opportunities i like always like the warren buffett approach i don't necessarily always subscribe to it because i do think there is some opportunities with market excitement but one he always says know everything you're buying don't just buy it assuming that it's going to go up or if the only reason you're buying it is because you think it's going to go up or because other people are, you shouldn't buy it. Um, and two, measure the intrinsic value. So you would say that it's more important that your clients are su that are successful and happy than you profit off of them. Yeah. I mean, well, I also like with the way that we work is, uh, and we work the, <laughs> the way that we operate is like, we do, we do better when they do better. Like we don't, Jordan Belfort was operating on commissions. So it was important for him to make as many trades as possible because he was making money with every single trade. I don't operate on commissions. We don't operate on commissions. Uh, we, we do take more of a fiduciary approach. We're paid um, a flat percentage. So if their numbers go up, then that percentage is worth more. Um, but it, it, we're motivated to do better, not to make trades. Um, commissions are sort of on the way out. They're a lot less popular now. They have in the past had issues with churning with uh, people who were in the industry just to make money, who wanted to buy and sell as often as possible and get their commissions each time. Um, obviously, the industry has gone a little bit away from that. There are still plenty of commission uh, traders out there. It's just not everyone is a commission trader. That's super interesting. I like hearing your perspective as somebody who like knows what you're talking about. Cause I know nothing about this industry. I just listen to him and I'm like, wow, what a douche. But like, I also see the appeal of being a douche 
as like, I used to be a huge douchebag all the time. And it was kind of fun, even though looking back, I regret it because I've since developed a sense of empathy. Well, he didn't have clients. He had victims. True. True. All right. Let's see what he... Wait, I think I forgot to share audio. Hold up. Let's see what he and Grant Cardone have to say to each other. There we go. Okay. Seven seven Yeah. Okay. And how'd you do it? Were you good at it? No, I was terrible. You weren't good at it. I was terrible. And we awful. The only time I was good at sales was when there was urgency on my part. Like I had to get, I had to sell it. Like I sold furniture. I was terrible. I got fired. I sold clothes. I was, I was fired from that job. Uh, and he sells coaching to develop. I, I love Greg Hurd. be like, I was bad at this. I got fired. I was bad at this. I got fired. <laughs> but let me tell you how to sell. But let me tell you how I'm the number one sales expert in the world. Like that's what, when he talked at the world financial group conference, that's what he had on the screen behind him. Like number one sales expert in the world. It's like marketing is not sales, dude. Ever sold anything successfully was a bunch of fish that we had caught, redfish, red snappers. They caught hundreds and hundreds of them. And I was you go yourself. I was on a supply boat okay. out, out in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, off the coast. I was doing two weeks on, two weeks off, and I was I was helping to cook. That was my job, right? It was a, it was a labor. It was a total labor boat. Three of us on the boat. We bring supplies out to the oil rigs. I've never told the story. Yet. And uh, we, one day we dropped lines over the boat in about 120 foot of water, and we would drop lines, and it would have 120 foot line, not 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 a fishing pole, a line, right? A, a rope, dude, with like like 80 hooks on it. You just wait. You sit and wait. You right. do nothing. Then you go. Can we just talk about how Jordan Belfort has tons of pictures of himself all around? <laughs> Huge pictures of himself all around his podcast office. Well, you think it's safe to say he loves himself? I think it's safe to say uh, he loves looking. I mean, I get it. I like looking at my own face, too. I love myself, too. But this is a little bit much. Do you think he's in love with himself? Probably. Yeah, I think you have to be in love with yourself to 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 commit the way he has. I, don't, I mean, like people do tend to hang things up to make them happy, and his face makes him happy, which in a way is is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, it's I good mean, to love your own face. It's good to have confidence in yourself. But it also then makes me wonder, like, what we would talk about. I mean, it seems like he spends at least in these clips that we're going over, his favorite topics are himself. Yeah, I guess right now he's letting Grant tell a story about when he would fish in New Orleans. Which is a great story. Great story. We're proud of you, Grant. Grant's the best. Dude, Grant's arms are pretty huge, actually. Like, Dude, I why do we keep making those comments that you're going to do chin-ups on them when he's on our show and shit? I definitely, yeah, like, his arms are actually legitimately huge. Like, I knew they were huge, but right now I'm really seeing it. Over there, and you pull up 60 fish. Every line had 60 fish. Really? So like, Where was this now? This is uh, south of New Orleans. Okay. So we, we catch, I don't know, three, 400 fish. We couldn't even keep them all. Right. Snapper about this big. So I tell the guys, I'm like, hey, guys, can I have your fish? I mean, we can't eat it all. So we put it on ice. And on the way home, when we came in, uh, like eight days later, I stopped door to door. This is how I got my, started my career. Door to door. I was selling fish. To homes. To, to, no. To the rest of businesses. God, okay. To state farm agents. Hey, hey, guys, I got some fish. Oh, it's fresh as shit right here. You right? don't like the same job, by the way, but with boxes of frozen steak and meat. Oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. well, I didn't have enough ice. I didn't plan on it. I didn't right. know what I was doing. So the fish was going bad. Got it. And I'm like, I have to sell this shit. Right. Otherwise, it's going to go so bad. What you, so what was your rap? What, what was your pitch back then? Hey, guys, I got fish. <laughs> I got fish. That was my fucking. I'll sick. give you really good prices. There's my straight. I don't tell now they're gonna go bad. <laughs> I got fish. Did I just caught them? You want them? And, and that that's how I still sell today. By the way. Okay. Like there's no there's no, you know it's very direct to the point. Find out if you're interested, and then I move on. 
So if someone's not interested, and there's like yeah. one of the things I know about, I, I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I, I oh yeah, this is the part where they talk about not interested. Before we get into that, was it's really funny. Um, Brianna says I did a quick Google search, and there's an article that says Jordan Belfort. What I did was awful, but I was on a lot of drugs. Yeah, okay, that makes it all. Now, I, I will say this: there is a chance he has rehabilitated. There is a chance he has, uh, he 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 has remorse for that. There, there's a chance he's trying to do better. Maybe I, I I don't know how much he's giving away or donating. I don't I don't know his personal life at all. Um, and there is also a chance that he's just sort of playing into the role of Wolf of Wall Street, not out of a desire to it, but just to make money right now, because it is difficult to get a job when you're out of prison. Um, so that's a good point. Yeah. So maybe maybe he's doing it out of necessity. I, tr I truly don't know. Um, when I judged Jordan Belfort or judged him earlier in the show, it was less about him, though what he did was obviously wrong, um, and more about the people who idolize him, because there's always going to be villains. But it, the question is like after the fact, after they're gone, are we still angry at them or are we now angry at the people who idolize them? Because there are people who have legitimately changed their ways, but then there's a large sect of people who still support their old views. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point too. It's like the, the, if they have supporters, there is one thing to support somebody and support them becoming a better person, and it's another thing to support somebody's old way of being to the point where they feel that they have to play into that forever. And that's definitely an unhealthy way to go about it. Yeah, because I sort of hate that I was judging him earlier. I mean, maybe he does deserve the judgment, but I just don't know. And there is a chance that... Well, you didn't hear the story he told on the Logan Paul podcast, which made people in our chat actually vomit. So, And so I can't speak on the visceral reaction to that. All I'm saying is like, he could very easily just be a clown right now. I mean, he, he, he might not actually get enjoyment out of it. He could just be putting on a performance just because yeah. it's all people care about him. I mean, what, what if he, what if he came out and he wanted to be a yoga instructor, who the fuck's going to hire the Wolf of wall street to be a yoga instructor. They're going to, they want to hear about his wild adventures on Quaaludes. Like, that's that's fair. It's almost like, yeah, like he's boxed into that forever now. He probably can't pursue anything else. So I think that is an interesting perspective that we do need to look at as well, which I hadn't originally considered, but I think is important to keep in mind as we go through all of this. So thank you for sharing that as well. Maybe I would do yoga with the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> you absolutely would do yoga. Everyone would do yoga with the Wolf of Wall Street, my dude. Everyone would want to see him doing yoga. That would be, imagine him doing yoga. Yeah, I, 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 I think I would do yoga with Jordan Belfort. Yeah, who wouldn't? A little bit of checking, right? Yeah. Not that much, right? And by the way, you know the reason I don't do checking is because I don't want to. Somebody, you know, people steal so much shit out there, right? Uh -huh. I mean, there's always false gurus and people, the experts of the of the hour, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't make it a habit of trying to go through other people's stuff. I feel like I'll adopt it as my own. Yeah, Either yeah. right, sometimes yeah. I realize that you took it from someone else. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so, so my shit's so good, dude. If you watch it, you will use it. Again. What's, you can't not use what's it. What's this? Really? Okay, good. Well, uh, what's this? What I love talking about drugs. Oh wait, are they talking about drugs? I love when fake gurus make fun of fake gurus as if they're thinking, oh, no one's going to suspect me now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, fuck. I will say, as far as, like, who should be selling sales, um, I, I think Jordan Belfort probably is better at sales than Grant Cardone, because Grant Cardone said he got fired um, in every sales job that he had, whereas Jordan Belfort was selling really shitty stocks to people, so at least he has a background in sales, even if it's not good sales. <laughs> Why do all of these guys have such large arms? Do they just work on their arms all day? Um, maybe. I mean, they could juice. We don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I doubt. I doubt Grant Cardone juices, but like, there, there was a study done on people. It was kind of like, first off, way more people take steroids than, than 
we assume, because they're incredibly easy to get access to. And there was this study done where it showed that you will grow muscles faster if you take steroids and don't work out than you will if you don't take steroids and work out. It was, a, it was such a fucking wild study. Now, obviously, you grow muscles fastest if you do steroids and work out. But I just remember seeing that study where, or, or like they were comparable or some shit like that. Because there was like four test groups. There was a group that did steroids and worked out regularly. There was a group that did steroids and didn't work out. There was a group that didn't do steroids and worked out. And then there was a group that didn't take steroids and didn't work out. Obviously, that last group got in the worst shape over the course of the study. That's fascinating. So steroids really have a big effect. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess if your only goal, if your goal was not health, if your goal was literally just that you want your body to be really beefy looking for the appearance of it, then you would take steroids. By the way, not condoning anybody take steroids. Don't do it. It's bad for you. But I mean, maybe it is. I, again, we, we don't apparently actually have. it gives you a tiny peen. Well, luckily for you, Queen of Spade, I don't have a penis to begin with, so I have nothing to lose. Tiny balls, not tiny peen. Oh, <laughs> shrinks your balls, not your penis. <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't fucking know. All I know about steroids is from the uh, the movie Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Um, but it, it had interesting takes on it. I mean, I definitely see a reason not to have it in sports, but the fact still remains that it's so easy to access and, and, and get a hold of. Um, it's one of those things where... I don't fucking know. Like, like the the black market for it's so fucking big, um, and people are still getting their hands on it. Maybe maybe they just need to bite the bullet and finally do their long term studies of research on the long list of willing participants who are putting it in their body regularly, yeah, uh, without being a part of a study. Like, yeah. like getting volunteers for for long term studies for that. I know that there's the ethics part of it where they just they can't do that if if there's a chance it's generally going to hurt them, but they're already doing it anyway. So why not just get the data? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I don't yeah, what if that. tiny peen is someone's goal? Um, MM Ward says that thick arms are a sign of, is that vi vi virulence? I've never heard that word. Uh, but it's a, it's a sign of strength in the Jersey shore and New Yorker subculture. That's interesting. Well, that makes I sense should, for Jordan Belfort. No, for I should, yeah, because Jordan Belfort is a New Yorker, and he has the most New York voice I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, when he when he jumped on and talked about steaks, I was like, oh, such a fucking New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm feeling insecure about my arms. I want my arms to be big and beefy like these dudes. Uh, you see, even your arms are bigger than mine too. I'm just the weakest person here. Yeah. Oh, now I gotta I gotta get on it. I will be returning to the gym once I can put a bra on again. That's that's what's fun. Guys, the other day I was tweeting about how it's like, oh, I can never stop wearing a bra. And then the past three days I've had to not wear a bra because of my back tattoo, which is worth it. It's worth it, guys. It's just like, oh, I need to get a bra on. I need to go to the gym. Yeah, because I need to I need to start looking like these guys giving me bad body image, Grant Cardone. Be unreasonable, like when you say, if you want to just be unreasonable, like not stop. Yeah. But what if they don't want it? What's the what's like? What's the fine line? Oh, you like, saw the unreasonable. You're, you're like the follow up. The... No, 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 no. I mean, like, okay, so you have two types of people. You have buyers and non-buyers, right? Like, what do you? No, I don't believe that. I think they're all. Okay, wait. This is funny. Uh, I'm gonna put this on. No wonder you couldn't sell a couch. 
Grant Cardone believes all people are buyers. There's no such thing as non-buyers. So here we go. Buyers. You think everyone's a buyer? Every person, every human being you meet is going to buy something. Whether they, they might not buy my fish, but then they're going to buy insurance or they're going to buy groceries. or They're all buyers. But what you're selling fish though. In that case, I was selling fish, but that does not make them a non-buyer. Of fish though. That day, that they, moment. No, that they second. don't, if they don't, my point is technically. Every buyer's, every buyer's a buyer. Okay. So <laughs> all I'm looking for is money anyway. Every seller's looking for something. They're looking okay. for money. They don't want to keep what they have. They're looking for money. So you don't think, okay. So I think every buyer's a buyer. Slow it down for one second. All right. Slow it down for a second. I speak, you speak almost as fast as me. You're slow on the down. Red Bull. I'm not. Question. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. if you're a salesman, young salesman out in the field, you're on Red Bull. Insurance, right? Yeah, yeah. And let's say you knock on someone's door and say, I'm not interested in insurance. I understand. Would you keep pushing and pushing and pushing? No, I totally understand. But, but, but I do, I don't believe that they're not. Not interested is an interest level. Okay. Not interested. What if they already have insurance and it's a better policy than yours in every way? <laughs> well, Grant Cardone's about to explain that if they're not interested, that is a level of interest. So, or they said they weren't interested. Not interest. No interest is a level of interest. Okay. Like if I have no coffee in my house, I'm talking about coffee. Okay. Zero. None, none is a quantity. Time for the wolf to do his thing. I'm going to sell oh, you something. I, I hate that there's an ad break put in here because this is like the best part of it. Where he's like, it's like a, a quantity of none of this is is still, is still, no, zero is a, is a modifier that modifies interest. So if you're not interested, that means in some level you're interested, which explains a lot about how he likes to stalk people. You know, the more I see Jordan Belfort, uh, like do that ad read the wolf here and shit like that, I actually do have some empathy for that situation. I mean, he really is just trying, like he got out of prison and I'm assuming that this was probably the only path forward for him. Um, and so he just has to go into that and play that role. I don't know, I like- I can I see what you're saying yeah. basically, which is that like his show is called The Wolf's Den. He's got it's the his Wolf entire Wall identity. Book, the Wolf of Wall Street movie. His whole identity is being the Wolf of Wall Street at this point. No one is gonna know him as anything else. So if he want, even if he didn't want to be a yoga instructor, if he just wanted to try to become a more ethical salesperson or try to, like, he has to almost play into that persona because otherwise he's just an everyday regular guy and doesn't have a career anymore. So yeah, it does almost have... seem like he's pressured into it now. Can you imagine how few people would listen to his podcast if all of a, if all it was was talking about how shitty he was in the past, how he regrets everything? Um, and yeah, he made a podcast called "Apologizing to People," and every episode was him giving a long and heartfelt apology to an individual customer that was screwed over. That would be a lovely show. <laughs> I would watch that. That would be Alcoholics Anonymous podcast where they're yeah. just like, okay, guys, we're now at the step where you're seeking forgiveness. <laughs> I would watch that. I would watch a lot of these people. Be like, here's a show where, okay, in today's episode, I'm going to be apologizing to Susie from Minnesota, who I. Susie, I'm sorry I pissed in your gas tank after our breakup. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize my my pee had that much sugar in it and it would destroy your engine. <laughs> but yeah, dude, that's that's a show I would watch. I would watch every episode of someone apologizing. Girls start apologizing. The girls podcast. start apologizing. Maybe I'll make that podcast and I will make every episode a long apology to someone who I have hurt in my life. Maybe you should make a woman start apologizing because your audience is mature. My audience is more mature. We're not we're not boys and girls. We're women and men in this audience. Yes. Exactly. Women start apologizing. You're no longer a girl. You're a grown-up. 
exactly. I could do that. Although um, then I realized like maybe people don't want apologies to be public. Some people would probably rather you just talk to them one-on-one. Yeah, but you you don't actually have to make real apologies. It can just I could just split. make things up. Like, yeah, like... Um, you could just have people in our audience be, be like fake people that you're calling to apologize. Yeah. They get to act. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. Be a way to... to I don't know. It just sounds like a masochistic exercise. Dear Marie, I'm sorry I dropped a scarecrow out of a plane over your wedding and it landed on the cake. I just thought it would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is pretty funny. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh my god. Um, cool. Uh, so I will probably wrap up soon because yesterday's show was really long. Mom. My mom, indeed. Um, tomorrow, do you want to talk about what? Were we, who are we talking about? Oh, do you want to talk about Fire Festival guy tomorrow? Do you want to talk about like Ty Lopez tomorrow? Billy to... McFarland. Oh, yeah. I feel I feel infinitely more comfortable talking about people that actually went to prison during Scammers okay. Week. Then um, yeah, let's tomorrow. Let's bring uh, let's bring up Billy McFarland. Let's uh, do an episode on him. We'll talk about Fire Festival, which is just wild i i love watching all the different documentaries that have come out about that that is such a oh, just a wild story that i love so tomorrow we will be here to talk about fire festival tomorrow morning on my main channel after our show i will be having part three of the dave ramsey deep dave uh so i need to get off here and go edit that because that has to go up tomorrow because it's um, Mike's super short show indeed yeah Mike's super short show i loved that show back in the day but you guys, I will, we will see you all tomorrow at the same time. Thank you for sticking around for this really gross episode talking about Jordan Belfort and all his gross stuff. And then the two of us together coming to find some empathy for him amidst all the craziness. What a, what a weird arc we've had this show. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great uh, Thursday. I just don't want to judge anymore. It you're hurts. just you're just a you're just a good person. You're just a soft. No, boy. I just want to be a good person. You are. I think you're a good person. Well, uh, is is the pursuit of being a good person make does does the pursuit of being a good person make one good, or is it like a is it like a level that you reach? I think it depends on the motivation behind it. To genuinely be good. <laughs> yeah. Are you trying to be a good person because you you want to have a good impact on society, or you want to be a good person because you want other people to perceive you as good? I just think I want to be a good person for the sake of being a good person. Well, then that's probably neutral, I would think. But I don't know. I'm not an expert on morality. But wouldn't neutral potentially be the most morally positive? Because then there's no intention outside of the intention. Or outside. Of, there's, there's no intention outside of the action. I mean, be a level of interest. Well, no, no. All I'm saying is. If you no, add just, intention to it, then you have intention and action. If you have no intention outside of the action, then isn't that the most, uh, I don't know how, how I'm going to fit these words together, but I see doesn't, is this not an action that has like the most integrity? I'm not talking about me having integrity. I'm just asking, is a strictly philosophical discussion based on yeah, doing actions for the sake of an action versus doing, building a channel to sell books versus building a channel for the sake of building a channel. Yeah, I guess if there's no if there's no intention outside of the action itself, then maybe that is the purest intention because the intention is nothing. Even if the intention isn't good or bad, it's just what it is. It's take it at face level. Exactly. If the yeah. intention is the action, I mean, at the very least, it's it's transparent. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Well, y'all, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Maybe we can make this a Reddit discussion for today. Let us know your philosophical thoughts on everything. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, Bye, everyone. Queen. See you, Kitty.